0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Over Easy. My name is Manny, in case you're new here, or welcome back. How are you doing? I hope we're all slaying and doing well. I must first apologize that I did not record an episode last week, and that is because I went camping over the long weekend. So, sorry about it, but also I had lots of fun, and I'm not going to apologize because... I enjoyed my experience. Anyways, I hope you're doing well. As I said, let's do a quick rosebud and thorn to do a little check-in. Let's talk about how we're doing. And then we'll get into today's episode, which I am very excited to talk about, to be honest. Okay. First off, my rosebud and thorn. Okay. My bud... Hmm, wait I need to think about this to be honest okay my thorn I guess is that I had a pretty busy week work-wise it wasn't like I don't know but it, it wasn't that I had a lot to do but also I just had so much to do I don't even know how to describe it it was just very busy overall which is obviously a good thing because busy means successful business but sometimes it's just very tiring i was pretty pooped by the end of friday yesterday so anyways my bud is i am looking forward to what am i looking forward to I am probably going to bike to the library later, so I'm excited to bike. I have not biked a lot in the last few weeks because I've been so busy just going out and doing summer things, but this weekend I am taking it pretty chill, so I'm excited to do a little bike ride to the library. It's kind of long though, so I'm kind of worried I'll be like super tired, but I think it'll be okay. And my rose is, okay, I will share what was pretty exciting about this week. This week I got asked out in person. And that has never happened to me before. What a new experience. I will talk about this more in detail later, maybe in a few episodes. I don't really know. When I do my Hinge episode, my dating episode, I'll put this story in there too. But I got asked out in person this week. Which is kind of crazy because it's never happened to me before. And it's like such a surreal... It's like, it doesn't really happen that much anymore. But I've also realized, like, I think I want to meet people organically. And I don't think online is the way to go anymore. But anyways, that's my rose. I'm like excited and I'm going tomorrow out on a date. It's not really a date, but you know what it is. Anyways, let's do a quick little affirmation. I haven't done one of these in a while. So let's get our affirmation today's affirmation is you deserve the utmost care and attention give it to yourself that is such a good reminder we all need to take care of ourselves mentally physically healthily (laughs) healthily I don't even know I recently have been thinking about doing more self-care like just spending more money on myself through self-care means and more specifically the one thing that I'm considering right now is regular registered massage therapy because I went for a free session a few weeks ago and it was quite life-changing not that life-changing but I did really enjoy it and I was like hmm, maybe this can be something I start to invest in myself because I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest I don't recover well like I don't stretch I don't cool down enough definitely and I work out a lot so I think doing RMT would kind of help me out but obviously it's kind of expensive so I'm just thinking about how that's gonna work out also maybe I'll talk about this in my next episode but I am moving back home this month it is August. I'm moving back home in two weeks exactly, which is kind of crazy. So my setup is going to change again. Probably going to look very similar to my old setup when I first started my podcast. And um, I'm excited for that. I'm excited to move home. It's going to be. I think although it like I don't want to say that I'm backtracking, but it kind of feels that way. And I'm kind of also going to touch on this this episode it's just i'm really excited to be honest to move back home like i love living alone and i've loved it this past year i'm glad i had this experience but also i i think that moving back home is kind of like the move for me now because actually although i know i'm going back home to my parents and stuff like that it's actually what's going to help my growth the most i think so i'm excited for that and that's kind of my big announcement i guess Anyways, today we are going to be talking about the myth of a perfect timeline. More specifically, the myth of a perfect life timeline. And I have been thinking about this quite a lot, to be honest. Just a lot of different life events have come up that have made me think about this quite a bit, and I think it is a very important concept to talk about because... In my opinion I feel like I am not affected by this idea anymore but I know lots of people who struggle with the idea that they are not on track with where they're supposed to be for their age and it kind of breaks my heart because I personally think that there's no such thing as a perfect timeline and it is a myth as I said and when I started this but Not everyone believes that. So we're gonna talk about just this whole idea of a perfect life timeline, the ideal life timeline, what that means, my experiences with it, and what I think about it. So let's get started. I grew up trying to follow the perfect life timeline, or what I thought was supposed to be the perfect life timeline, and I don't know exactly It wasn't like someone explicitly told me, oh, you have to live your life like this. It was more so very subconscious and something that was just ingrained into me ever since I grew up. So the perfect life timeline that I'm kind of going to be referring to all throughout this episode is the timeline of going to school, graduating high school, going to university, graduating university, getting a job. Getting married, buying a house, having kids, retiring, then traveling, if you want, during your retirement, and then dying. That's kind of, I think, the timeline that many of us, who maybe you are the same age as me, kind of grew up being taught that that was the ideal, and I kind of, I I mean, I learned that all throughout my life, that that was supposed to be what my life looked like. It wasn't, it was especially very pertinent when I started getting older, like in high school. But I feel like throughout my childhood as well, I was always taught that, you know, you have to get married, you have to buy a house with your significant other, you have to have kids and everything that you want to do in life has to wait until you retire, which is crazy. So the reason why I want to bring up this episode in the first place, and like I said, I've been thinking about this topic a lot, is because recently I have been comparing my life to other people that I know, and I'm actually pretty, hmm, I was going to say I'm pretty good at not comparing my life to my friends. It's more so always like acquaintances or people that I know very distantly, because I feel like it's a lot easier to compare your life when you only know someone's highlights. Obviously with close friends and stuff, I know where their life is at and I also know a lot of the struggles that they go through and the things that they are dealing with. So it's I don't feel the I don't feel the natural like tendency to compare as much. I always usually compare with people that I just follow on social media but I don't actually I'm not actually friends with. But actually, I was going to say a lot of my friends are going back to school this year and it's not that I've been comparing myself to them, but it's more so just like I'm thinking about it a lot and how I'm not going back to school this year. But anyways, I have two specific instances where I've been comparing myself to people that I know. The first one is a person that I know who is my age. She's like a friend of a friend got engaged and I think... She's the same year as me, so we graduated high school the same year. We didn't go to the same school or anything, but she got engaged, and she's been dating her partner for over five years, and so they got engaged this year, which is kind of crazy to think about because growing up, I always thought, like, oh, I'd meet my perfect partner in university, get engaged shortly after while I'm, like, building my career, and then get married at, like, 26, 27, 28, and then have a house, blah, 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 all the stuff that I was talking about earlier. And now that I am 23, this year I got out of a pretty long-term relationship, and also I've just been living my life a little bit more, I've realized, okay, I have a couple thoughts about marriage and stuff like that that we'll talk about later, but my two main thoughts about that is, like, obviously first is I'm probably not going to get engaged or married for... Maybe not even in my 20s. I don't even know. Maybe in my 30s now, which is obviously a big shift from what I thought I would be doing when I was like six years old. You know, when I was six years old, I had a journal where I would journal about the crush I had. I remember this very vividly in kindergarten when I was five or six, I had a crush on This first grader in my class, his name was Philip, and I would journal about how we would get married in a castle when we were like 20 and live our best lives after, happily ever after and stuff like that. Now that I am 23 and, again, I've gotten out of a breakup and all this, I realized, first of all, yes, I'm probably not going to get engaged or married until past 30. And also, I don't even know if I want to get Engaged, maybe, but I don't even know if I want to get married. I've always been someone who doesn't really think that they're going to get married. And it's not that I think I'm going to be celibate for life. It's just that the social construct of marriage is just very interesting to me. And I also feel like it's like very like we've all been brainwashed into thinking that we must do this when in reality it's like what is the purpose but that's just my thoughts and also I am a child of divorce so maybe my thoughts are different from yours of course anyways so that's the first one people my age are starting to get engaged and married and even have babies I know someone who is my age that like I somewhat know that has a baby and it's just crazy to think that our lives I feel like because when you are growing up all your lives kind of stay start on the same path, like everyone's going through elementary school and high school, and then university, people start to branch out, you know, some people go to university, some people go to trade school, some people don't go to school at all, they start working. And then after, like in your young 20s or mid 20s is when people really start to just, everyone's lives take them into different directions. And I am always just thinking about like, what direction is my life going in comparison to their direction, which is crazy. The second instance that happened quite recently is that someone I know who is a year older than me bought a house buying property. Actually, someone I know my age has also bought a house. So thinking about that as well, because that is one of our valued life milestones in society and people are hitting it at an age very similar to mine right now and I'm gonna be honest I'm nowhere near buying a house right now as I said I'm moving back home in the next few weeks I'm nowhere near that and it just makes me compare and be like huh like financially that kind of obviously means that they've been saving a lot and stuff like that whereas I have not gonna lie not been as diligent about my savings because I've been trying to live my best hot girl summer life and also just thinking about the notion of I guess I don't know why it's like this but in my mind buying a house is just very tied to settling down and sticking to one spot even though technically you could buy a house in another place and never like settle down there in my mind buying a house is tied to settling down so it's like wow people my age are settling down already picking their forever homes and stuff like that. I'm just like, damn, like, I do not know what I'm doing. (laughs) And I'm nowhere close to buying a house. I definitely don't have that money for a down payment, not in Vancouver, at least. Anyways, so I've been kind of thinking about that recently. Those two instances really made me compare and just think about my lifetime line. But it's not that I, I don't feel bad or sad or anything like that. It's just, I feel neutral. It's just like, I just feel like this is a fact, if you know what I mean. It's not that I feel bad about it and I'm not mad at myself for not having those milestones now. I just compare and I'm like, huh, like these are differences and I don't really feel anything about them. Anyways, so as I said, what I thought my timeline would be would be like, I'm already in a long-term relationship and married at this point I'm 23 now right yeah and buying a house I just I don't know I feel like the ideal life timeline that I always thought I would have when I was six years old and you know trying to follow my parents wishes is just not gonna happen at this point or at least like not happen to what I expected them to be which is totally fine Anyways, so having this idea of this perfect life timeline kind of made me have goals in life that were very robotic. And at the beginning of life when I was a kid, I didn't really think about it that much. I was like, oh, I need to do well in school because that's what my mom says. And I need to do well in piano because that's what my mom says. But as I started to get older and have more autonomy and independence over what I want to do with my time, I really could not think of a reason why I had these goals and why these goals were programmed into my head. For example, when I was in grade 11 and 12, starting to think about university, it really, really, I like couldn't think of a reason why I wanted to go to university other than it's what I am supposed to do which i wish i had taken a gap year after high school before university because i feel like i would have went into university with a lot more purpose but i mean life has already happened and it's not like i can go back and change it now what i did before let has led me to where i am so it's not like i am um, it or want to change or anything but that was just a big feeling that I had. And also throughout university, actually, I'm going to go back to in high school. As I was preparing to go to university, also because my school was a university preparatory school, so going to university was the norm, the the must, the you have to. Very few people did not go to university after my high school. And as I started applying to schools, you know, I kind of was thinking about, like, why do I even do all these extracurriculars? Actually, I knew why. The reason why I had kept with dance and piano and volunteering for all this long was because it wasn't, it was because I genuinely like them, but it was also because there was this bigger goal of doing these things for the sake of achievement. I dance and I've danced for my entire life because of achievement competitions to show that it actually means something to someone like the fact that I enjoyed it was not enough and that it had to be worth something in a way I hate that this idea for example like having hobbies that I don't know I feel like the norm is that having hobbies are only worth it if it is monetarily valuable, or gives you some sort of notoriety, or achievement, or certification, why can't we just accept that you liking it is enough? That's what I'm trying to build in my mind now. I think I've been pretty good about it, actually. Hobbies, just because you enjoy them, you don't even have to be good at them, needs to be enough. But as I was growing up, I never... I didn't accept that. I had to have hobbies because they gave me some sort of external validation and acceptance from other people. Also, this meant, you know, going all throughout school. School was never about truly learning about myself or... Anything like that, but it was always just for the sake of achievement. It was to get good grades. It was to ensure that my transcript looked good to go to university. And all this, I just, I think all of these subconscious, this subconscious timeline just made it so that growing up and going through high school was very robotic. And when I really thought about it, I didn't really know why I was doing what I was doing. And granted, I was a kid, so of course, you're not really going to know what you're doing, but I really felt that very hard as soon as I graduated high school. I was like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do with my life, and everything that I have felt before doesn't isn't really valid. So as I've kind of alluded to, I've actually just read this book. I've j- I just started this book called You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. I read the financial one first, but... I finally got my hands on the first one and they were talking about subconscious thoughts this chapter so I kind of wanted to bring that up in relation to the perfect timeline. I just think that the perfect timeline has always been a subconscious thought in my mind and so it has led me to act in by default in accordance to the perfect timeline or to aid my life in becoming synonymous with the perfect timeline. For example, I feel like this perfect timeline of school, university, job, married, blah, blah, blah. One of the biggest beliefs in it is that money will just secure all your success and happiness. So you must get a good job. Thus, you must go to a good school, university in order to get this good job. And you must work hard in school to get good grades so that you can get into university and get a good job. The biggest root belief is that money will secure all your success and happiness. And while that is, of course, partly true, there is to a point where money can aid your happiness levels. It doesn't mean it's everything. It definitely is not everything. And also, I think the second biggest subconscious thought that I think I'm still fighting to this day is that you must be productive at all times and in all periods of your life. Because between school, university, job, married, there really is no break. There's no time to rest. There's no time to relax. One of the things, this is kind of a side tangent, that I've realized I love about being out of school is that I finally can feel not guilty about resting. And I know that that is so unhealthy, but All throughout university and school, I always felt so guilty for taking time to myself because it always feels like you always have something to do when you're in school. Like, oh, I could be starting to study for this midterm, Oh, I could be starting this essay, but now that I am out of school, I finally feel so good about resting because once I'm out at five o'clock out of my job, I'm like, huh, like I'm done what I need to do for the day and I can relax. crazy but I feel like yeah the perfect timeline it really just it, it merits only productivity and doesn't accept the fact that rest is acceptable is okay and that is definitely a huge hurdle that I know a lot of students go through and also just young adults in this job in this in this age sorry Last thing I don't love about the perfect timeline is that it keeps you closed off from all the other opportunities in life. If you're so focused on only one timeline, like after university, I must find my dream job and work for 40 years until I die. It just keeps you closed off from all the different opportunities in my life. I'm kind of glad that after university, I had no plan and I had no idea what I was going to do because it has allowed me to do a bunch of things that I didn't even think I would want to. And I enjoy that. And I'm glad that I am open to it. I'm glad that, you know, after university, I didn't just start job hunting and looking right away I took some time off to travel and stuff like that I feel like that was very very life-changing for me and I'm glad that keeping my mind open has helped me gain a lot of different experiences and I think that's also really important and also why we can't have this timeline or I want to really try and break this subconscious thought of having a timeline from my head because naturally I think it just closes me off to opportunities that I won't even know exist because I'm trying to stick to this what I should do what I should do what I should do and that's what I'm doing now is like oh actually I think I want to travel again even though I am starting my career and I have this that doesn't mean I can't take a break and just travel for a bit too. I don't have to do everything linearly and just work, 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 travel, 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 and then die. I can take breaks, work and travel, and work and travel, maybe even find a way to combine the two. I don't even know. But I think one thing that is very important to keep in mind is just to have an open mind. I feel like I know some people who are very, very dead set on certain goals, and I commend them for that, having the tenacity and the determination to have those goals. But I just... I think it kind of takes away from everything else that could happen to you in life. I mean, rec- I mean, like, this summer alone, just on a small scale, when I have open days and I don't have plans I've been able to just do so many spontaneous things last minute with my friends and those are the the root of such good memories and it's just crazy so perfect life timeline I think is something we should abolish in our minds even though I know it's subconscious and it's really really rooted in there for me it's something that I'm trying to kind of get rid of and not have anymore the next thing that I want to talk about is the myth of loving your job and I have been thinking about this a lot throughout the entire year that I've been working now I've been working full-time for almost a year so growing up I always thought that I had to get a job that I loved like whatever I loved in life was going to be my job And I think that's how a lot of us grew up because we all kind of watched the boomers do that. I think the big norm was that you would get a job, you would work there for 40 years until you retire, and then you retire. You would only work one job or very few jobs. And I currently work with many older adults. Like I would say I am one of the youngest adults. And there's many, many older adults that I work with. And it's just crazy to watch their attitude towards work and their mentality to work because a lot of them, not a lot of them, but many of them will work on the weekends or if things are dragged into the weekends, they'll keep working. I mean, my parents were like this too when I was growing up. It was very, very common for my parents to check their emails all the time even when they were out of the office when they were on the weekends and all this kind of stuff work kind of consume their life all the time and also coming in before hours to work more or after hours to work more and <coughs> oh my god it's not I'm actually not against that like for me right now I actually go to work before work even starts I actually really enjoy that because I find it helps me get started with the day a little bit better and so I'm not saying that you know you must only stick to your prescribed hours to work that's not what I'm saying it's just that when I watch these the older generation work it's they they really let it bleed into their personal life I think right now I have really really strong boundaries with work and I will I'm so glad I don't have my work email on my phone or my computer, like I literally just cannot check. I think it's just so ingrained into us that work must be the biggest aspect of our life. And that work is over everything. And I think this was a big thing because we were kind of taught to do a job that we loved and we were passionate about, so you would want to do it all the time. But what I've realized in this past year is that a job is just a job, and a job can just be a means to your life and your passions, and that is totally fine. Honestly, I think we should just take the emphasis off of work, off of our life. I really think there's so much more to life than work. There's actually, I'm reminded of this funny Instagram reel that I saw, and it was about, um, this guy was recreating a, a skit of what americans are like when they talk to each other and it's like oh so what do you do for work oh is that hybrid in person and stuff like And it's a very awkward conversation but they keep talking about work and i think that just really illustrates the norm in our life and how much work consumes us i think it is a very much north american thing And I'm totally fine with if you take pride in your work and you love your work and all that, but I think that should not be the expectation for everyone. A job can just be a job, a way that you earn money so that you can live your life, and then outside of work, you do what you want to do. That's just what it is. I think that's, I love my job right now, but also I know that a job is also, like, my job is just a way for me to live my best life. Like, I have the money to do the things that I want to do. I also just think that making your passion your job is actually a very big privilege and an extreme luxury because uh, most of the time we talk about this, I feel like the stereotype is like, oh, people who are really into the fine arts. So I'm going to use that as an example, but. I think being able to do what you love in school and expect that to be your job is also sometimes I think it's a little unrealistic because I mean, our job market is ever shifting, obviously, right now, compared to 50 years ago, we have a much more expansive tech industry where people are working in software and other jobs like maybe, I don't even know, museum curators is not as popular because people don't like physical art as much as before. I don't really know. That's just an example. But it's also just an extreme privilege to just tell people, oh, just study what you love and do what you love. Sometimes we just don't have that. do, And it's not possible. One thing that I love, as I talked about since working, I have loved my nine to five aspect of my job in that I get into work, I do my work, and then once I'm off, I'm off and I don't even have to think about it. And I actually understand that this is already a really big privilege. I know that there are people who have to work a lot more than 40 hours a week to be able to make ends meet. And they're also very stressed about being able to make ends meet and being able to work more so they can earn more money. But I think that this, this nine to five and then checking out of work is getting a lot more popular, I would say. People are definitely respecting their boundaries of their personal life a little bit more than they did before, which I am all for. And it is, I think, slowly shifting the idea that your job has to be the most important thing in your life. So that is why, going back to the perfect timeline, I think that job doesn't need to be such a big deal (laughs) because I would like job to just be the next I don't know I think like I feel like growing up the purpose of everything that I did going to school doing well in school going to university doing well in university doing my extracurriculars was so that I could get a good job and that kind of ties back into the subconscious belief that money is going to secure everything for you which might not be the case I think that, of course, money will provide a baseline level of happiness because your quality of life will be there. But that doesn't mean that everything you do in life is just for your job. And I think that's like the most important thing to keep in mind is that I wish I had known that growing up, my future job, I wish that I had grown up not thinking that everything I did was for my future job, I guess is what I want to say. I wish that I had lived a little more for myself. I think I would have not I think I would have not taken university so seriously and also like been okay with not doing university in 4 years right away after undergrad uh, after high school. I think I would have been okay with taking a break, taking a semester off, but the way that our jobs have shaped our lives kind of shapes the entire way you build your life almost anyways the last thing that i want to touch on today is the myth of marriage and having kids because this is part of the perfect timeline getting married having kids buying a house and again as I said at the beginning of this episode I am a child of divorce so of course that has greatly shifted and impacted my perspective on marriage but I am just always I'm a as of right now a child free or I would like to be a child free adult in my life I don't wish to have children and I don't wish to carry children that's just where I'm at right now with my life and I just it makes me so not livid but just upset that it is so ingrained in us that we must procreate and I understand biologically that you know you want to keep the species going you want to pass your genes down all this stuff but I think we are at a point now that we, sh- we don't need to keep having children. We don't... Our population doesn't need to keep expanding like this. I think we're at like 9 billion people on Earth now, which is crazy. I just think... <clears throat> for humans at least, it's just too easy for us to procreate. And thus, there are many people who procreate who don't or who shouldn't. Some people are just not meant to. I think now because... north america at least our quality of life is so high many many people have the basic necessities that natural selection is not really a factor anymore like with animals because for example with animals the weakest link for example if you i don't know if you look at a habitat of is that what it's called no a pride of lions that's what it's called a pride of lions naturally the weakest lions are not going to be able to procreate because of things like not being able to get food, not being able to find a partner and all this stuff. Like they just won't survive. But with humans now, we all we don't have natural selection on our side anymore due to our quality of life, in North America at least. And so everyone has the ability to procreate. And I just firmly believe that not everyone is meant to. I think a lot of people have kids who just don't realize the magnitude of it all, and where then we're stuck with many children who aren't growing up in a home that... not growing up in the best home, with love and with care and with nurturing. I think many adults, personality-wise and just mental health-wise, are not meant to have children, but still do. And... It's just, I think this is because of the timeline that has been put in our heads that having kids is like a milestone that we all must hit and is a marker of success. It's not. For me personally, I think I'm actually quite selfish in this in that I just don't have the desire to give up so much of my freedom in my life. I know and I understand that having kids is a very big sacrifice. I mean, I saw it in my parents' when they were raising me and how they lived their life and how expensive it was for them to raise me and my brother. And now that I am an adult and I can see that and I am aware of that, I realize that I am selfish and I don't want to do that as well. And I personally know that if I had kids, I don't think I would be able to give them the best care and love. I'm also kind of scared for sure. That's like definitely a big thing as well. And I, it makes me really annoyed because like we are expected to, especially women. It's crazy because naturally any question or like the first question that'll come up when you are in your mid-20s to late 20s, even now, is when are you going to get married and when are you going to have kids? I feel like that is like the programmed value of a woman in society, which is so annoying to me. I just really don't like it kind of like Barbie I watched Barbie recently and it really made me a little bit woke I didn't love the movie but it did make me think about a lot of the ways that women are treated in society right now and also the subconscious beliefs that that about the roles and responsibilities of women in society anyways I don't think women should be expected to have children to want children to desire children but there's just this expectation that women are more nurturing and caring and should take care of the family rather than focus on their career, like the breadwinner or the man in the family should, which is crazy. And last but not least, I think environmentally having kids is just too much. It's too much, truly. I don't think people understand like the magnitude of it because... Because people just keep having kids. And I'm not going to judge anyone for having kids. I understand that it is like a very important part of life. And I love children. I just do not desire to have my own. I would love to maybe adopt. That's something I think about. But I love working with children. I want to be the cool aunt that takes care of all the kids, you know. But I just understand that I do not want to have my own children. Anyways, that's going to be today's episode talked about these are just all the subconscious beliefs that I have noticed are coming up to the surface of my head because I am being challenged by things that are going on in my life right now and I've just been thinking about it a lot and that's kind of the details of my thoughts I don't really know anyways I hope you enjoyed this episode I will see you very soon next week for the next episode Bye.